1: It's not easy to build and maintain a healthy, loving relationship. Sometimes it may feel impossible, but according to today's guest, Dr. Katherine Ford, while it is no small feat, it is possible. Dr. Ford joins us to discuss how we can create a successful relationship. Dr. Ford's been practicing psychotherapy in private practice for more than 20 years. She received her MD from Brown University Medical School and completed her psychiatry residency at the Stanford School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Ford. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. It's good to be talking to you. So, Catherine, what is it that is happening with our relationships today? What are the trends showing us?
0: Well, as everyone knows, the the biggest recent trend is uh, people's attempts to adjust to COVID and uh, the the changes in their life around that, and uh, that has varied depending on whether you're in a constant relationship that with someone that you live with all the time, or whether you were in a phase of your life where a lot of your relationships happened outside of your own home and therefore were more restricted in certain ways. Um, The general reflection about that, I think, has been that all kinds of relationships were in more trouble because of this relative isolation restriction of normal activity, etc. That's not actually my experience with the people I've talked to in my practice and in my own personal life. I think that there's been a lot of variability. I think like a lot of crisis points, it's, it's accentuated and or accelerated, whatever the trend was. So relationships that were struggling um, were, the people in them were more aware of those struggles. And in other cases, it brought people closer together uh, by having a little more time together, a little less distraction, a little less complexity. So it's uh, that's the most recent trend. I think the the other trends, you know, everyone is also aware of, uh, have to do with um, people questioning um, the types of relationships they want to have, the variety of them, uh, the longevity of them, and. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot of different trends going
1: on right now. Well, and I think people are questioning so many aspects of their lives today. You know, their job, the relationships with particular friends, um, family, loved ones. I mean, there's just, I don't know, in, in, in some level, it seems like there is some type of a personal awakening taking place. Do you find that mm-hmm. to be the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that as people notice that the the ways they were
0: taught to do things, the ways that we've done things for for the past couple of generations um, are not working that well anymore, people are innovating more and, and questioning and trying out new things. And uh, there's a lot of experimentation going on right now, um, which has
1: <clears throat> strain related to it but as well as uh, invigoration and uh, innovation. Well, you mentioned past generations. When I look at my family, my parents were married 56 years when my father passed away. My grandparents made it to 72 years when my grandfather passed away. Did they know something about relationships that we didn't? Why do you think we have so many more divorces today? or, Or why are relationships so much more challenging today?
0: You know, there's been a couple of, of things talked about about that. And, you know, when we say today, it is true today, but also we've been noticing those trends for, you know, at least a generation in terms of the divorce rates rising and people changing partners more often, just as they've changed jobs more often. Um, I think some of it has to do, again, with having more choices and more options Some of it also has to do with uh, the uh, relationships in the past didn't, in terms of options of how to survive at a a kind of a basic maintaining oneself level. Uh, Going back a couple of generations, survival wasn't that easy for a lot of people. And you really needed a family unit and often an extended family unit to make a go of it. And this was particularly true, of course, of, of people that were living you know, close to a subsistence level, it was very important that there be several people in a family cluster working together to get the crops in or to make sure that the the house stayed repaired. And that's not so much true anymore. And as well, I think people are are not as prone to have extended family around, which puts definitely more strain on the nuclear family and on couples in terms of. Holding holding things together, and so as as couples look at that, uh, the 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 downside of trying to maintain continuity became more apparent. And I don't think we know yet what to do about relationships where it's not about survival; it's about quality of life and ongoing development. Um, a lot of couples come to me and ask me why is this so hard? It shouldn't be so hard. And of course, a lot of what they tend to assume is this is hard because there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with the fact that we got together. And what I find actually and and end up emphasizing to them is actually being a couple in the way that many couples are trying to be a couple right now and that extends to all relationships really. We actually expect more from relationships in a certain way. We expect to be listened to well. We expect to be understood. We expect to um, have our our cherished ideas uh, entertained in a, in a pretty um, psychological and sophisticated way and, it, and we don't exactly know how to do that yet. And so I think being a couple and being in serious relationships of any kind, uh, parent-child relationships, uh, deep friendships that are long-lasting, requires a great deal of self-development and, and willingness to learn and interest in learning.
1: A lot of the issues then can arise from the expectations we place on these relationships. We're looking for another person to complete us rather than complement us.
0: Uh, I, I, I stuttered around the word complete because I don't know I, if, we're, if we're aiming at completion, then that's, um, that's in the direction of what I think of in terms of development. I, I, I hesitate because I think sometimes the word completion in the context of relationship has those connotations of this is the rest of me or this is what I need to feel complete in life.
1: So maybe fulfillment is a better word?
0: In terms of, yeah, fulfillment or, or development. Mm-hmm. of exploring, of figuring out things about life that, uh, that take a lifetime and beyond to figure out. And so the completion of oneself is an ongoing project, and it, it doesn't end. We, we are constantly going towards completing or revising ourselves. It, it's, it, it's not unidirectional. We, we might go in one direction for a while and then find ourselves turning a corner to develop in a different direction.
1: Well, and the reason I asked that question, Catherine, was because I know a lot of women who, um, you know, they, they get into middle age and the family's grown and, and they had given everything to the family. They looked to the family for their personal mm-hmm. satisfaction, mm-hmm. for their growth. And then one day it was, well, I'm not happy with any of this anymore because I don't even know who I am. So when I was asking that question, yeah. I, I guess what I meant was, is it that we're looking for the relationship to bring us our happiness to give us all that we need rather than making it be something that does give us joy in addition to what we've created and Mm -hmm. done for ourselves
0: yeah I think when we look the relationship to bring us happiness that is when we end up unhappy Right. (laughs) relationships bring us happiness in certain moments and they also bring us all kinds of other things Um, anger frustration uh, tears uh, resentments um, so relationships are a source of I would say intensification of experience and what relationships really bring us is an opportunity to explore and to learn more and the and what we're exploring and learning more about is ourselves and so the 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 looking for happiness happens best as we start to understand our own um, personhood and how to deploy that in life, especially in relationships, so that we feel good. And, and in relationships, generally speaking, when we're, when we're talking about happiness or, or what we want in relationships, we're talking about wanting as, as much as possible of those moments of feeling solidly connected, openly connected, and safely connected. And people are constantly with each other trying to optimize for the connection safety thing uh we don't like feeling connected when it feels unsafe and we also don't like feeling not connected and so people have different amounts of connection they want and they certainly have different kinds of relationships that they want to to fulfill those connections but by and large human beings are are very well equipped and kind of um designed to connect to each other and on the other hand we're also very well designed to have um almost like a startle or, or safety response when, when we feel like the other person is acting more like a foe than a friend. Mm-hmm. And so it's a tricky thing to kind of navigate this territory of how to get the right connection without triggering each other into this defensive uh, frightened pos- posture that we go into when we feel like the other person is beginning to behave um, in a not so friendly way.
1: When a relationship has been broken due to something big, like an affair or some other type of betrayal, can it be saved? Yes,
0: uh, but you're asking the right question, and it's kind of a big question that comes up a lot. Um, it can, and it's not easy. So so partly whether or not that relationship will survive that, that particular trauma and, and affairs are definitely traumatic to relationships, it uh, depends on a lot of things, and partly it depends on the each individual's interest in getting past that trauma. Um, it will take a while. It will take probably longer than you want it to take, and it will take a lot more work. And, and again, it's an intensification of the learning about yourself and about how you're going to connect to this person, including the fact that now you've introduced something that Uh, in terms of that connection safety quotient, now you've really amplified the moments um, and the intensity of the moments where you feel that you're not safe. Uh, You've, you've, you've messed with a certain territory of safety. And so winning that back is going to take not only a lot of hard work, but also a lot of courage and often some extra knowledge that you didn't have before about how do you repair something that large? And repair in relationships is is maybe the most important thing, because if we're trying to be safe by making sure that we never make any mistakes, by making sure that we never get hurt, um, people often say, I don't want to be hurt again. And that's kind of a non-starter for any relationship. Relationships being what they are involve injuring each other and hurting each other. And the goal of trying not to do that and trying to be perfect and not make mistakes is is, is a is unrealistic. Um, what we need instead is to know how to repair injuries. And of course, the injuries of an affair are an especially large case of that.
1: And how do you navigate a relationship when you have different styles of handling conflict. For example, one person likes to deal with the conflict head on, discuss it, work through it. Mm-hmm. The other person runs away and can't face things and just kind of denies that there's even a problem. How do you navigate something mm-hmm. like that?
0: Yeah, that comes up a lot. Um, and, and what you've said already is an important part of dealing with it is to understand that, that you're going to have different styles of dealing with difficulties. Um, and this comes up with difficult moments in the relationship. It also happens when something external to the relationship happens. For instance, um, the the lockdown that we experienced at the beginning of the, the COVID uh, pandemic crisis, uh, people have very different styles of reacting to strain, whether it's inside the relationship or outside. So the beginning point is knowing that that's true, knowing that there's there's no right or wrong about that, That some people prefer, for example, uh, when there's a a problem, they'd like to go off and think about it for a while by themselves before talking about it, and that feels more comfortable and more productive to them. And other people um, do their best thinking while they're talking, and they kind of think out loud, and so they need contact and conversation in order to figure out how they feel about things. And so part of it is simply understanding that these differences are going to happen and that if you're in a serious relationship, what you're trying to do is optimize for what's good for the relationship as well as what's good for each of you. And so you're trying to figure out what do we each need? And also, since what we each need is to be connected, how do we best do that? in this particular partnership, but knowing that that's the goal, but what you can't, but you can't afford if you're in a serious relationship is to disregard the importance of the connection to each of you. It's tempting to do that and connecting becomes too hard. Um, a lot of us, you know, the style is just to want to turn our backs and say, I don't need that. Uh, but in fact, it's, it's very, the rare individual that doesn't need that connection with, a few special people in their life. And so working together as a team so that you're optimizing for what do you each need in order to be connected um, is kind of what, what, the project becomes
1: this would pertain to a love relationship, but also any type of friendship as well and and I guess the the point yes. there is the understanding because when you are the type of person who likes to talk things through and the other person avoids it's very easy to feel like the other person doesn't care
0: yes exactly exactly and 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 that's where over communicating can come in very handy. People often want their, their close associates, whether it's their domestic partner or, as you said, a close friend. We have a natural desire to want the other person to read our minds and to know us so thoroughly that they automatically know what we need. But in fact, good communication and good connection between people that are intimates involves a combination of knowing each other very well and at times anticipating what the other person needs and at other times needing a lot of communication about that. And especially if there's extra strain or extra crisis, um, assuming that the other person should just know that you need time alone is maybe not going to work out the best Um Probably better, especially if the other person seems to be getting agitated about that, is to take time to explain, look, I get that uh, that you're feeling anxious right now. I'm feeling anxious also. Um, I would like to talk to you. I think I'm going to need a little time by myself to kind of figure out where I am. I'll get back to you. And so you give a lot of communication about what's going on, why you're pulling away, because – While we respond very strongly to each other's nonverbal communications, they're not very articulate, and that's where the thing comes in of mind reading. If you know somebody pretty well, you do a better job of guessing what a nonverbal communication like the other person disappearing for a few days might mean, but let's say you don't know them that well or you haven't yet figured out that this person takes distance in order to um, to themselves and be ready to to make contact. Uh, some explicit conversation about that before you before you go away for your two or three days of alone time can be
1: awfully helpful. And so we've been talking about some of the problems in relationships, but Catherine, what are some of the things that we can do to create a loving, lasting union, whether it be with a friend or a loved one? That's, that's a really good question and, and I
0: I love that question because too often we think in terms of relationships as the whole thing is about solving the problems and in fact, um, we don't get very far solving problems um, because the relationship most of all needs to keep growing and explore, be a place of exploration and risk taking. So what can we do that, that builds that and builds the strength of the relationship? Um, I talk a lot with people about uh, paying attention to the amount of openness. So understanding that at any moment um, you need to be aware of your own openness for connection and the other person's openness for connection can go a long way in terms of having the ability to connect when when the conditions are right. And having the sensitivity to know when that is can result in a lot of wonderful moments for couples that they otherwise might miss out on for not understanding that there's going to be this variability throughout the course of an hour, throughout the course of a day, and certainly throughout the course of a relationship. There's a variability for connection and knowing sort of when to when to stop on red and go on green uh, makes a big difference in terms of having the good times. As well, uh, people underestimate the importance of um being explicit about appreciations and positive comments again we're we're our brains are are biased towards noticing the problems trying to fix the problems and calling out the difficulties so we have to make an extra effort and, and and it's important to know that that's a that's a, a bias of your of your neurology so that you do have to overcome it. It's not going to come naturally in general to pay as much attention to what's going right as what's going wrong. And yet, that's what relationships feed on. So developing the habit of you know, several times a day, I usually say at least three times a day, you should be making some kind of positive comment to the people that you're closest to, the people you live with, your good friends you know, make it a habit that, that those little things that you notice but maybe don't quite notice that you notice, like you pull in the driveway and instead of other person's car being parked awkwardly like they usually do so that you have to go in and ask them to move their car, you you pull in the driveway and the car is nice and straight and you can get your car easily just like you always hope. Do you remember when you walk through the door to call out and say, hey, thanks for leaving the driveway clear. That was totally cool. And it can feel so good to be acknowledged for the extra effort that it takes to do this combining of households, of emotional moments. And all the little, the little moments that you notice something cool about this other person, um, whether it's a compliment, gee, I like the way you cooked the lasagna tonight, that was delicious, or thanks for parking your car straight, or, you know, thanks for remembering to pick up the dry cleaning, even something that minor. Um, we, like, we like to know that these extra efforts that we're going to to make life good for other people um, are helping and are being noticed and, and make a difference. And so that's, they're nurturing that ability to feel good about what you're contributing to each other's lives is really important.
1: Catherine, how important is it to an intimate bond to know that someone else has your back? Like that feeling of being, you know, this is the person I can count on to always stand with me and protect me. Is that important? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loving your questions, Joan. It's clear that you've, you've thought a lot about
0: relationships, um, because you're, you're asking, I think the things that are both the most important and the most on people's minds, um, that, that having your back feeling is, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that's the most important thing we should, we should mention today, Um, it relates to when people say, well, how do you know that it's love? What is love anyway? And, of course, that's a a burning question forever. And my way of relating to what is love is exactly that. Love is when you, you hold the other person's needs and interests and feelings in the same way that you hold your own and so when you're trying to problem solve for a particular situation let's take something mundane like you're trying to figure out where to go for your vacation mundane though i assure you many many um tense moments have happened between couples and families about that exact question um do you do you hold it as important that the person that you're going on vacation with loves to go to the mountains and that's where they feel the most refreshed do you hold that as importantly as you hold the fact that actually that's not true for you and you really need to get to the beach? Um, and do you hold those two things equally so that when you're in the process of figuring out how to go forward, you're not just solving for your own needs, you're solving for the other person's needs. And of course, if they're doing the same, then that kind of mutuality is what is what really works and is what I mean when I say it's important to, to put the relationship first. What I really mean is what nurtures relationships is when you're mutually holding each other's needs. And so that it's not a tug of war with in a, in a relationship with adversaries, you have two people squared off kind of um, in a power struggle over whose needs are going to get met. And you don't want to find yourself in an adversarial position with people you're close to and that you want to feel connected to. You want to feel like we're both, we're both looking after each other. And that's the, you've got my back feeling.
1: And I think, you know, as you were speaking, I I was thinking about when you're in a relationship, and I know for myself, that's probably one of the most important things for me to feel loved is that I know someone standing by my side, going through life together Mm -hmm. with me. And, you know, right or wrong, Mm -hmm. it's like you want that person You've seen those jokes where, you know, your best friend will go to prison with you, you know, like whether it's right or wrong, you (laughs) want to know that there's somebody who's just taking on life with you and getting rid of anyone who would hurt you.
0: Yes, exactly. And, and who, and by the way, uh, a corollary to that its kind of important is that holding the other person's interests equal to your own is not the same thing as, um, as constantly being self-sacrificing. Sometimes people think that what a relationship needs and benefits by is for them to be unselfish, for them constantly to be featuring the other person's needs and priorities. And actually, that's not what a relationship needs, because what it really needs is for you to figure out, is this a moment where the relationship and both of us will benefit if i do that and sometimes it is and at other times the relationship is going to benefit by you kind of insisting that both of you look at what you need and so it's not the same thing as being self-sacrificing it's more a matter of taking on something more complicated than self-sacrificing in a certain way simplifies things you just constantly go for i'll give up what i want more complicated is to figure out a sort of calculus of well I want to need this right now you want to need something kind of different in going forward how can we minimize what we have to give up as a as a team as a as a partnership and maximize the benefits and that's a little bit more complicated but but much more beneficial
1: Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, we all want to give love and we want to feel loved. And I'm so happy that you were here to just give us some tips and strategies to help us build and maintain strong and loving relationships. If our listeners would like to get more information about Catherine and her work, you can visit CatherineFordMD.com. Again, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Joan. It's been a pleasure to talk about relationships.